The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual guests. You're a sensitive snowflake that may get easily offended and turn this off immediately. If you want to hear the real truth about the gun culture, then stick around. This is the Armed Citizen Podcast. What is going on, my ghost squad? Welcome to the Armed Citizen Podcast Live. This is episode number 228. Today's date is Tuesday, February 8th, 2022. If you're out there live on YouTube or on Facebook, make sure you say something. We don't know that you're out there unless you do. If you'd like to call or text in, yes, you can call and text into the show. Utilize the Ghost Tactical Hotline presented by our good friends Rod and Shelly Gates at Aegis Gun Care. That number is 530-364-4678. It's scrolling down below. If you are a veteran, really anybody, but especially if you're a veteran and you're in that hole trying to claw your way out and you're questioning if there's a way out or if there's still light out there, please call me, text me, email me 24-7. I can't give you any medical advice, but I sure as hell might be a decent ear to listen to. If you are looking for someone that can get you towards some medical help, please remember two things. One, you are not alone in this fight. You have a lot of brothers and sisters out here that are willing and able to help. And two, the world is a much better place with you in it. So please, I implore you, utilize the Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. Once again, 1-800-273-8255, and veterans press the number one. We are spotlighting, as always, United States Marine Corps. If you have any questions on what it takes to earn a title United States Marine, See the website marines.com. And as always, we're a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Please check out the website selfdefenseradio.net. So I want to take this off of my ugly mug and bring in everyone. Everybody knows, of course, our shotgun writer, if you will, um, from the great state of Texas, the tactical virus, I mean, Leprechaun himself. What's up, Flo? How you doing, man? Hey, man. It's all good. So, once again, as Rob might not know, Clover's my shotgun rider, and we always do a shotgun of the week. Mm-hmm. So, what is your shotgun of the week? You know what? I ain't too proud to shield. So, let's go Savage Renegades, right? Got to yep. be. So right? You, got uh, you, got you got a chance to shoot that at uh, Range Day, did you not? I did. Not nearly as much as I would have liked to. I wish they would have let me take it over to the uh, Winchester Browning booth where you could pretty much just shoot all day because that's. Yeah, they just had ammo sitting there for you, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, I don't know. Maybe Savage needs to think about that next uh, (laughs) man he's throwing you under the bus right off the bat right off the bat it's yeah it's a little easier if you have an ammo company that has your name and a gun well you've got winchester and browning both in the same house right and both both produce ammo so it makes sense so savage just needs to buy an ammo company that's that's that simple i mean come on (laughs) two years ago that would have been a great idea can you imagine now wow right 2020 hindsight right right? 2020 hindsight wow yeah but uh no i mean from what i from what i got to play with it was uh that was a nice shotgun i mean they're i'm sure we'll move into it maybe talk about it a little later on but seems to be maybe their 
uh, foray, kind of moving into the competition market a little more seriously. And uh, so glad to see more options available out there for that yeah. type of thing, for sure. A couple new models that we just launched on that. Yeah, we're going to talk about that for sure. Now, Calaveras wants to know if King Foot over there, were there any shotguns that you didn't shoot? Mm, good question. <laughs> you know what? Sorry. I got to catch in my throat. Um, yeah, you know, I don't think I shot any of the Browning shotguns. Oh, okay. Well, there you I go. I don't think I touched a single, a single Browning. And um, I, there was a few from Rock Island I didn't shoot. I wasn't interested in their trench gun. Uh, it's cool, but wasn't interested in it. And um, there was a, a, a Turkish company there that I can't remember the name. It's not anyone that I've on my radar that I've worked with. And I can't remember what it is. It's like three letters. If anybody out there knows what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, I didn't didn't shoot any of there. So, no, I did not shoot them all. The answer is no. Well, TJ says you were over there while, and yes, yes, you were. You were there. I was, but, but I got, I was shooting other things more than once is what it was <laughs> there you go all right uh enough of that um we have a special guest tonight we have rob gates uh from savage which we are really excited about to talk about a lot of different models and, and a lot of different platforms that you don't maybe hear about savage especially with the stance coming and uh, we're going to talk the stance the impulse the renegade so out there in the chat if you have questions for rob or any of us tag myself or clover and we'll make sure we get those questions asked understand there might be questions as we go along that Rob is not able to answer with corporate stuff or whatever that maybe things are not uh, released yet. So understand there might be some things that come along that we can't touch on. That being said, if you have those questions, email me or something. Everyone knows my email. It's in the description and I'll make sure I get those passed along. And when the time is right, maybe those questions can get answered. But if you've got questions on their stuff, absolutely put them out there because that's what we're here for. We're trying to get you guys direct links to the companies to find out more about the products. So as we say that, we bring in Rob Gates from Savage. And Rob, thanks for coming on. Uh, I want to give you a few minutes to kind of tell people maybe you, some of your background. By the way, probably the best uh, background that we've had of any guest. Uh, I want to say there's probably going to be a lot of talk about uh, the antlers and all of that. And um, the mule deer is beautiful. And I know that there's a story behind that as well. That's, there's one that's not there. But if you want to take a few minutes, kind of tell people who you are and then maybe some of the history about Savage that people may not know. Sure, sure. So, oh, this would have been my 32nd shot show for those that, uh, uh, well, it was my 32nd shot show. I was at range day um, because of COVID. We had some issues at the show. So uh, I've been around a long time. I'll, I will say caveat that that I'm in my early 50s. So I did the first my first shot show at 18 years old. Uh, nice. So, uh, been a, in the gun business a long time, uh, Glock, Smith and Wesson and then uncle Mike's and been on the accessory side with, with Surefire and spent, uh, a long time with Vista outdoors, which was used to be ATK and, and then moved over to Savage. And then, uh, in 2018 Vista outdoor sold Savage and, uh, management, uh, led team of, uh, our management team group of in led a management led group of investors uh purchased savage and uh we're you know four years plus into that uh that change and 
it's been uh, it's been really great. It was good to be a part of Vista, and uh, you know, back as a uh, privately held company is uh, is a little bit nicer than a publicly traded company. And uh, last year was our 125th anniversary, so Savage has been around a long time, and uh, mm. we we continue to uh, push for innovation and. Uh, I don't want to say change the dynamic of what most gun owners think of Savage. You know, we, we hear this all the time and it drives me nuts. You know, Savage is the, the best gun for your money or affordable accuracy. No, it's just the best gun. It's just the best gun. And, uh, uh, it just happens. Some of our guns happen to be at a, at a, at a good price point. So, go ahead. Well, there's a lot, there's a lot to be said about that. You know, a lot of people do equate, top of the line best quality with a ten thousand dollar price tag for a long range precision rifle uh the great thing about your company is you bring great quality like you said for a price that the average person not just the very wealthy people can enjoy so there's a lot to be said about that uh, I want to talk a little bit about the stance. We'll go into that, but real quick, I guess we can start with the impulse. We got a question out there, and I know with the straight pull action, that's something that it's not new, but it's something that you guys haven't brought into the table for a long time. Uh, but Calaveras out there, he's out in California. He said, um, "What is the strength of the impulse action compared to a Mauser action?" And I think he's really trying to talk about the bolt coming coming back to the shooter's face for those that maybe not are not quite used to that straight pull action. Sure. Sure. And, and I'm not an engineer. So getting into right. the, the <laughs> in-depth technical parts of this are, are, is not my area of expertise, but there's 13 different patents on that action for impulse. We proved the design. The first gun we ever built was 338 Lapua. So that was the standard. And then we were able to bring, that uh, that action down into other calibers very easily but we proved the safety and and the functionality with 338 lapua to make sure that it was done right the action itself it's 100 years old the lock up with the ball bearings and things like that we just improved on it and we're able to get those 13 different patents to uh yeah. to make that gun what it is today and it is uh you know we knew we would have some some good interest in in europe and australia in that gun but the interest in the u.s far outpaced any anything that we could have ever thought of you know forecasted for it's been it's been pretty crazy i'm going to bring clover here in a second because he, he i think he's a fan of the straight pull action but before we do i want to highlight thank you to uh mandatory care there five dollars super chat um, you guys know that we're not asking, nor do we encourage super chats, but if you do, uh, send one out, all of that money, as you guys know, goes to sending care package to our troops overseas and downrange. So thank you for that mandatory carry. Um, yeah, you know, talking about the straight pull, it is something that's been around a while, but it seems like the fad the last 20 or so years has just been the straight bolt action and all of that. Uh, Warsaw Patriot. He says when he thinks of Savage, he thinks of great, accurate bolt-action rifles that compete with the old 700 as far as budget and price and great quality. And I would say that that's probably, I would imagine, that's probably your demographic is sure. the bolt-action, whether it's hunting or precision competition, that's kind of your bread and butter, is it not? Absolutely, absolutely. And as as we get into some of these other platforms that we've launched and, and will continue to launch 
you know, we, we know what brought us to the table and it's that bolt action rifle. And that is, you know, that is key. And we will continue to concentrate on innovation and, and uh, the quality of those products before we step in any other one direction. Absolutely. I want to bring Clover in and Clover. I know that uh, when we start talking about straight pull action, you and I were talking about that uh, before shot and all that, because the straight pull is not something you're seeing these days. You have anything that you wanted to uh, bring up with Rob on the straight pull with the impulse? Well, you know, straight pull is, you know, it's sort of foreign, no pun intended with the U S market, but internationally it's not. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, Americans can be big babies sometimes with, yeah, I don't know if it's going to be as good. Well, it's been around, you know, over a hundred years. And, you know, just because a bolt handle rotates and comes down doesn't mean that bolt's not going to come back in your face if something goes horribly wrong. Um, I've seen instances where that's happened. So just because that comes straight back, people think that there aren't the, mechanisms and other things there to stop it from doing that the same as in any normal bolt action absolutely absolutely and and the way the the ball bearings are uh designed that when that cartridge fires they're actually pressed outward further into the locking groove to keep that bolt in the forward forward position the secondary and third safety mechanisms on the impulse also and you know one thing people don't realize on the impulse is that it's a standard 110 barrel in that gun. So we've got an aluminum receiver with a barrel extension, similar to like you'd have on, a, on an AR. And so our 110 barrel screws into the barrel extension. The bolt is, head is made it up just like a standard 110. So you get that ideal head space. And then it is locked into the receiver. The receiver's ulti also, and this is a big miss on our part from a marketing standpoint, that... Uh, the impulse action is multi-caliber. So you you buy a 300 wind mag today, as we catch up with production, six, eight, 10 months down the road, you'll be able to buy a 223 kit or a 270 kit where you get a barrel, a bolt head and a new magazine, swap it out and you've got a, uh, a different caliber rifle. Yeah, that, that's awesome. And, and I guess we can see on the impulse because that's where we're at right now. So, um, when did the idea of bringing the straight pull to the market was, was it something that you felt that there was a need in the market for, or was it something to be a little bit different than everybody else at this point? How did the evolution of the thought process before it even came out of, Hey, let's maybe bring this, this straight pull back to the market here in the U S. So it started really in Europe where, uh, you know, I, I'll be, proud to say we're the number one U.S. rifle brand in all of Europe, hands down. Uh, we sell a ton of rifles over there and we get a, all of our distributors and our dealers and consumers have asked for a straight pull for years and years. So that kind of got the ball rolling and and uh, then we launched the project and, and Impulse came to be a couple of years later. So I'm, I put the link out there, obviously, uh, savagearms.com. I'm going to go ahead and share the screen real quick of the impulse so that the viewers that might not have ever seen it before, but uh, kind of share the website. So let's uh, the straight pull rifles. Uh, you've got the impulse big game, which I think is one of the sexiest rifles, just the design, the aesthetics of it. Uh, it is a beautiful rifle. And then you have the hog hunter, the predator and the elite precision 
Uh, um, the differences of them for the average person who's wanting to know the difference of the four, maybe you can go through um, the big game first and kind of give an idea of what that's all about. Yeah, so that's a Cerakoted barreled action uh, with a Kuyu camo stock. Uh, standard uh, flush fit bottom magazine. It is uh, threaded, so you can put a suppressor on it and available in all your standard calibers. Uh, it does have the AccuFit stock system, so if you're not familiar, all of our 110s have a adjustable comb and length of pull built into the stock. All the pieces are in the box, two Phillips screws, and you can adjust that for your 10-year-old daughter up to yourself at you know 30, 40 year, years old or six feet tall, six, six. You know, and something you were talking about earlier, it's basically, it's the 110 barrel. So people that are accustomed to the feel of their 110, they jump into the straight pool. They're not necessarily jumping into a brand new feel, a brand new rifle. There's still a lot of the old 110 that they're going to be comfortable with. Is that correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. This this impulse with, with our 110 barrel on it, uh, I took my team up to Canaan in Finger, Tennessee, and uh, the instructors up there doing a long range rifle class, even the, those instructors were just, just amazed, you know, 300 short mag consistently sub MOA groups at 13, 1400 yards uh, without any issue. Absolutely. They're talking about, it's a beautiful, it is. When I, when I first saw the big game, I was like that. I mean, to me, that is a gorgeous uh, rifle. Um, so yeah. Uh, Clover, you want to talk about when you maybe shot at the showcase? You, I know you've had a little bit of experience with this one, correct? Yeah, it, it amazed me. I, I'm not real sure which one. I think it might have been the big game uh, version, uh, in, but it was in 6.5 Creed. I do remember that. And so very familiar feel. You know, I love my my uh, my Model 10. Uh, so very familiar feel, except for working the action, of course. Um, and... You know, I got a sub half MOA group out of that. Um, I didn't want to. So I didn't want to go there, but first time. Well, I did. Now, can I do that ever again? I couldn't tell you. I've only done it once, and so I. But, uh, but I did. A first time shooting it right there, and you know, I fancy myself as a decent shooter, but, um, yeah, it was it was pretty impressive. Yeah, they they are the uh, the impulse predator. There has got the AICS magazine, so similar. They're all similar, okay. but just a little bit different. Right. There, different camo, a uh, couple different caliber uh, setups. There still has the AccuRail. Look at the in this. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got the ten round magazine with the AICS there, and they they all. They all just flat shoot. And, and what's cool about it is it's, it's different. It takes somebody, oh, 10, 12 manipulations of the impulse bolt. If you've never shot a straight pull to get used to that, uh, you're used to coming up off the gun, raising your cheek, typically racking the bolt up, back, forward, down this, you stay on the gun and it's all right here. You, the, uh, the bolt handle is adjustable into four different positions without okay. a tool. And the cool thing uh, about the bolt handle is you can reverse it to the left-hand side. We've got some impulse shooters that have, are playing with the gun, right-handed shooters 
but no. operating the bolt with their left hand never coming off off of their their right hand grip. That's that's a great great point and great idea because especially maybe in competition, especially when they're trying to get multiple hits on a target. And like you said, with that straight pull, they can stay on the gun, but if they're doing their left hand, now their their trigger finger or their trigger hand is not leaving and having to regrip and all that. It's staying there. You're working the the exactly. the bolt with the um, with the left hand. That's that's phenomenal. And uh, for someone who's just getting into long range precision, th- we're talking about matters of half seconds. You know, that, that could be a big deal between getting that extra. If you're getting close to getting that extra round before the time goes off, that could be a big deal. Um, yeah. So you got the Predator, the Hog Hunter, and the Big Gamer, mostly more of the hunting rifle side. Guns. The, uh, the Impulse Elite Precision is a step up, I'm assuming, towards your Precision Competition Rifle. Is that what that's kind of geared for? It is. It's a, uh, it basically takes a heavy stainless barrel, with the impulse action, puts it in a MDT chassis, and it's a it's a beautiful piece of work for that entry level to mid level PRS type shooter. Now we've got some pros shooting these guns for sure, and they will they will shoot beautifully uh, at all levels. Uh, but it is a a cost effective way to get into uh, into PRS, and with the impulse, be a, be a game changer because it is different. It is quicker for sure. Well, you're talking about a next level quality precision rifle and being with PRS, and that's kind of what I shoot around here. If you would have seen that production model level, it's got to be under 2,500. So you're allowing them to get this rifle that's probably a four or $5,000 rifle under that $2,500, which is going to allow them to maybe stay in that production level, which I think is is huge for people starting out. Uh, that's what I'm shooting. I'm shooting production level the first couple of years just to kind of get my feet wet. Um, but obviously with with Savage, you'll be having to be able to upgrade later on down the line with some, maybe some heavier barrels or some different whatever uh, to to do that. But having a great rifle in that production level is, is, is great for the average person. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a, it's a great platform to build off of, just like you said. Well, what, what Rob said too, though, talking about being able to use the uh, the Model Ten barrels, mm-hmm. um, man, there's a ton of aftermarket high end, whichever way oh, yeah. you want to go, options with that too, right? So, uh, yeah, you, that's what's yeah, neat about that. You can take that and build it out if you wanted to, build it out however you wanted. Yeah, one of the top bolt action rifles over the last two years is sold in the U.S. is our 110 Ultralight. So that's our mm-hmm. Standard bolt action, 110, blueprinted action, melanite coated receiver with a proof research, carbon fiber wrap stainless barrel, accu trigger, accu stock or accu fit. And it's a, you know, it's a sub six pound gun. That's a hunting gun. So, you know, proof makes 110 barrels already that you may or may not see in this impulse action sometime in 2022. Just saying. (laughs) Yeah, just saying. Uh, Clove, you got anything out there about the impulse that we need to bring up before we move on to the stance, or do you have any questions yourself? No, I think I didn't know about the uh, I didn't know about the adjustable positions on the bolt handle. That was a that was actually something that's awesome. 
Yeah. yeah and it's, yeah. it's also threaded. So, I mean, I've got uh, some carbon fiber bolt knobs right here that you can just unscrew ours and put in whatever size shape, uh, it's a quarter 20, I believe the thread pattern is. So there's tons of different bolt knobs out there. Yeah. And that's, that's all, like I said, that for me is exciting because it sounds weird. I was talking with someone about a folding, you know, uh, pistol brace or stock for an AR. And I said, you know, most of them fold for right-handers this way. Well, if you're going to be running a CQB or something, be able to keep your hand in that near that firing group and be able to flip that with your left hand is cool. Same thing with this. This is allowing you to stay on the gun, stay on the site, stay on everything else while manipulating with your left hand. It might take a little bit for people to get used right. to because that's not something that they've done before. But I think yeah. when they get done with that, they're probably going, hell, this is awesome, you know? Yeah. Yeah, there's some, uh, some solid uh, military-type uh, individuals that uh, – at times have shot left-handed bolt, bolt action rifles in their, in their roles. And this is a right-hand eject, but you can move it to the left hand and, and practice with it that way. And it's really quick, really quick. Yeah. Uh, tactical foot out there says, what's the barrel length on the elite? Do you know that? I, I, I could go back to the website, I guess, but uh, yeah, I, I want to say depending on caliber, um, you know, we, it's, 24 26 24, depending on 28 caliber. somewhere in there yeah, yeah. it's yeah. most of them sure yeah um yeah because i think mine on six five creed i'm running a 28 and that's kind of a one of those things where if you're trying to get a cartridge it's going to push out obviously a longer barrel but a lot of people are still running 270 223 that are going to be running that 24 to 26 inch as well so yeah it's, it's nice to know that you have options with the barrel length as well yeah, we're, um, we're doing a number of different guns and, and actually building our new Carbon uh, Predator is a proof research barrel that we just launched. And, and most of the calibers are 18 inch barrels threaded because a lot oh, of those wow. Predator guys are, are shooting suppressed. And just to make the gun a little bit uh, more maneuverable, we're, we're shortening that barrel down quite a bit. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Calaveras, I think he's new to the straight pool game. So he's got a question. Um, can you talk about the strength of action for safety purposes? Sure. Sure. So like I said, we, we tested and, and designed the impulse action around 338 Lapua. That was the highest cartridge that uh, we felt comfortable in this action, uh, that we currently built. We build 338 Lapua's in our 110 line right now, or two years ago we did. So it was an easy, you know, top line baseline to make sure this action is safe. And like I said earlier, the ball bearings on the front end, when that cartridge fires, they lock into the groove even harder than they are uh, prior to firing. There's another safety mechanism in the back with a blockade that you've got to manipulate to get the gun or get the bolt even to come rearward. So there's uh, there's a number of safety devices built into the gun, 13 different patents. Yeah, he said he had to walk away for a work call, so he missed that the first time. Ah. So I just want to give him an opportunity to, to hear it from you and not from me because, you know, for me, I might mess something up. Uh, Travis P11, our buddy out there, he's in Nebraska. He said he just got home from work. Quick question. Straight pull impulse is very hard to find in the store. Will production be ramping up on these? He wants one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I said earlier, we missed the boat. We 
we figured we'd sell, you know, this many impulse guns on an annual basis. So we invested that much money in, in machinery and, and new staff and an area of the plant to build these things. And we missed it. We just flat missed it. And so we have, we have invested more money in impulse and we've got new machinery that have been coming online the last two or three months. Uh, so you'll see, we made, we made twice as many in January than we did in November. So the, the, the pace is, is building and you'll start to see them uh, more readily available out there over the next couple of months. I guess that's a good problem to have is you sold a lot more than you anticipated. <laughs> Darn it. <you> know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and what, what's crazy is, you know, this all went about during this surge, during this mm -hmm. gun surge that we've all been experiencing the last two years. And so, you know, we're looking at each other, my product manager and I, and we're like, you know, how many of these are we going to sell? And we're, you know, sometimes it's throwing a dart and, and yeah. guessing it. And what we sold with Impulse uh, within days after we launched is, is true demand because nobody knew about it. Nobody has any history or, you know, prior sales are, are dealers to, to base their, their purchases on. So they just, they just ordered like it was a brand new product and uh, we missed the boat. So, but we're getting there. We'll, you'll see a bunch more guns over the next couple months. Well, and it probably, you know, hasn't been the easiest with supply chain issues. It's going across the world right now. Um, you know, there's literally boats sitting out there in the ocean sometimes that can't get to port that might have a part that, that you need it just might be one little part but you can't make something without that one part or whatever the case may be so i think it's 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 one of those things where uh, it's a good problem to have but uh be patient there will be a lot more coming um travis says he's seen a few over on gun broker but won't pay 200 more than over srp and, and that's just people know what they have right now that's just yeah. that that's the way it is that's Unfortunately, that's supply and demand right now. But uh, he said he'll definitely wait because he definitely wants one. Yeah, uh, Clove, anything else? Time. Yeah, Clove, anything else before you move over to uh, the stance? Now let's go. All right. So the stance, uh, something I'm personally, I have my hands on it at, at range day. Love this gun. More importantly, I love the idea that Savage, a lot of people think that this is Savage's first handgun. Now, it's been about 100 years. But this is not your guys' first endeavor in a handgun. Uh, before we go into specs and all of that, can you talk about, first, talk about uh, the process of when the idea of bringing a, a new handgun to the market really started taking place? Yeah, sure. So, you know, I mentioned earlier we, we were sold by Vista uh, in, in 2018, and one of the first things that we started talking about with our customers and, and some of our consumer focus groups and things like that is that we wanted to be a full-fledged firearms manufacturer. You know, we wanted to participate in every category. At that time, we were participating in less than 40% with our bolt action and rim fire. We weren't in handguns. We weren't in semi-auto uh, shotguns, you know, so you know, we started the planning back then in, in 2018 and, and, uh, you know, stance is the, the first entry into the handgun market. It is not the last, uh, there will be more, I won't go into what you'll see, but, uh, over the next several years, you know, Savage will be a player in the handgun category. Yeah, so you've got a couple different models. Obviously, you've got the uh, manual safety model, 
Manual safety with night sights, the FDE, FDE, and you got the gray. I want to say the one that I shot was, I think was FDE, but they're all basically the same gun. But uh, I'm a big yeah. fan of FDE. That's just me. I'm, I'm kind of more of a FDE guy. Um, but you got one with, uh, is that a Crimson Trace laser attached? I don't know if it's Crimson Trace it, or not. That one, it's a Vir Viridian. Viridian, Viridian Okay, there okay. Yep. you go. Yep. Um, but yeah, and, and what I'm loving about this is we're talking, we're also looking at these MS MSRP prices. You're talking about a phenomenally shooting gun for a price that isn't going to really make people balk and all that. So, uh, I'm going to give you a few minutes. I want to kind of just maybe click on this one just kind of give an idea of the features and all of that but if you've got a few uh we'll talk a few minutes about the stance and some of the features for people that haven't seen or heard about it yet sure sure so i'll start with you mentioned range day at uh the day before shot show kicked off we had uh three stance pistols sitting on the table uh we were there for about oh i don't know nine hours um, <laughs> We had over 200 shooters come through the line, shooting nice. anywhere between six and eight, 10, 12 rounds, couple magazines. Yep. So well over 2,000 rounds th through three guns by 200 different shooters, men, women, big guys, little guys, not a single malfunction, not one at all. That's and, awesome. you know, 20 years in the pistol business between Glock and Smith and Wesson and uh, been around a little bit that it was a, a really nice, uh, we didn't even realize it until the end of the day. And we started, started talking about it. So the gun just flat works. Um, but going into a particular model it, today stances is, is one general gun. It's mm -hmm. one general pistol. We're offering night sight versions with true glow. You, you mentioned the, the uh, laser model. So that's a Viridian mm -hmm. model. We have manual safety and no manual safety. We have black, flat, dark earth, and gray. So it'll cross over manual safety to all the different colors, night sight with all the colors. So if you look at our SKU list to start, it's a big, long list, but it's all yeah, it is. Pretty, pretty close to being the same gun, just what features and, and color you would like. Uh, we also have one SKU that is a seven round, so a flat mm -hmm. flush fit magazine and an eight round magazine, single stack. And then we also have SKUs that are seven round flush fit and a 10 round with an extension on it. It gives you that more of a Glock 19 size type gun uh, for range use. So kind of a concealed carry with the seven round, 10 round is the uh, is the range range use. You know, and that's one of the things I put out a video uh, from range. Yeah, a quick little like 30 second, me just shooting it. And some of the comments that I were getting is, Man, I wish they had more than an eight plus one capacity because that's the one that I shot was an eight plus one. And talking to the guys there at Range Day, it's like, oh, there's a ten plus one. And I think that that for some reason, and I don't know why, because in Clover, feel free to jump in on this as well. But you know, if you're talking about a self defense, hopefully you don't have to shoot more than three rounds. But a lot of people get caught up on it's not really a, a viable option until it's ten plus one whatever that is maybe that's for that person but um having the option of that 10 plus one for the people that want to have that extra capacity go for it i carried uh, a shield for years that was an eight plus one. First of all i never had to use it second of all i never felt like i was giving myself a disadvantage because i only had eight rounds in the mag so uh, it is what it is um now 
Travis wants to be difficult out there. He says you need one in OD Green. I tend to agree with that. I think an OD Green slide on the FDE grip or vice versa. Now, that would be pretty darn cool. Just saying, just saying. So I guess I could so, probably do the Cody myself if I needed to. <laughs> yeah. Give me time. Give us time. Okay. We'll have we'll have a bunch of different color combinations. I bet. Uh, you know, we're going to, we're doing a lot of our, our long guns with Cerakote and, you know, this, we, we had to get some product launched. We've had this yep. gun done and designed for many months, many months back into, into 2021. And, uh, you know, eight, eight plus one in the, in a concealed carry gun was, was pretty acceptable until that was, too many, that was what everything was. You that's know? what it was. Or less, until, or less sometimes. Right. Uh, until the max guns and the pluses and things like that. Yeah. But like I said, you know, this, this is our first foray uh, into the pistol market. It's not our last. Uh, the cool thing about stance, like uh, all, maybe the SIG 365, it is an internal chassis. So that is the serialized part of the gun. The grip is a module and we will be able to sell colors, shapes, sizes, Picatinny rail, whatever you, you know, whatever we can come up with and think of as a, as a separate item on the web store through our dealer network. Okay. So random question from the chat. I'm just going to throw this out there. Guns and barbecue says, I know we're talking about the new Savage firearms, but he has an 1899 Savage and 300 Savage was bought new by great-great-grandpa 1920, maybe 21, still drops a deer every year. So that's awesome to hear that we're talking about a 100-year-old rifle that is still being put in use and is still effective um, on an 1899 uh, design, still viable today. So that's pretty cool. I thought you might want to hear about that. Yeah, we uh, the Model 99, the uh, forerunner to, the, to that gun, uh, or the yeah came later whatever precursor forerunner one of those um that's our number one requested new you know new product we got to bring back the 99 got to bring back the 99 so it's a a cool maybe that's something that could happen maybe a a new retro look you know type thing that'd be kind of i mean that would be kind of cool a lot of car companies are doing that we're taking old designs of cars and making them modern um that that would be kind yeah. of cool, I think. Maybe down the line, that would be a really yeah. interesting idea. Modern um, uh, manufacturing techniques are pretty amazing today. So yeah, I mean, you can make it look do. like the old ninety nine, but everything inside is be modern technology and all of that, which would be kind of cool. Uh, Calaveras out there in California says, "Is the stance going to be available in California? Maybe down the road? How about I know get on the roster out there is it's it's a nightmare in itself, but is that something new? It is. And we have kicked that project off." Um, so we are in that process and, and it is definitely something that we want to do. We just got to go through the process and that takes yeah. some time. Yeah. That's, that's kind of more lawyer stuff at that point. Is it not? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a, it's a nightmare. <laughs> uh, C4 defense, our buddy Sarge out there, he was at shot as well, but he said three to five rounds and three to five seconds from three to five yards. Some people think that he's also a, a law enforcement officer. He says some people think that they're going to be involved in some mythical gunfight. Yeah, it's not going to be the okay corral, guys. You're not going to need to re if you're having to reload in that self defense situation. Probably just saying something's gone terribly wrong. Let's just be real about it. Um, Go the so, other yeah. direction. 
Uh, before we move on, I got some more questions about the stance. Uh, Clove, what about you? Think anything out there, or do you have any questions for about the stance? No, I was going to comment. Uh, I was going to comment on the capacity thing. So for me, yeah. you know, I'm totally okay with the six shot revolver or five shot revolver for that matter. And so the difference between eight and ten is absolutely nominal for me. The the biggest issue I have, uh, whether it be a five shot revolver, you know, pocket revolver or a pocket handgun or anything of that nature, smaller frame. Um, I don't like my pinky hanging in the air. That's my biggest yeah. thing. So for me, yeah. I'll, I'll add extensions a lot of times, but it's not for necessarily adding extensions for added capacity. I don't particularly care for that, but I like to get a full purchase on the grip. I just, it's better control for me. I'm just more comfortable that way. And, uh, you know, I don't know how other people feel about that, but that's the way I am. Yeah. I'm the same way. I, you know, Trey, you mentioned a, a shield. I've been carrying a shield for years and years and years since it came out, really, and yeah. until I switched over to the stance and and started shooting it and and training with it. So, you know, yeah. it is it is what it is. Uh, you know, I carried a J frame revolver with with Backmire grips for years and years and years prior to the shield. You know, and um, you go from from five to eight plus one, it, it's You've got quite a few rounds there. Yeah. And, and I don't have big hands. I'm, I'm not a big guy. Um, typically, ironically, though, I usually, and first of all, I want to talk about this is there are interchangeable back straps. And I, for me, it's one of those things I have smaller hands, but I like usually putting the larger back straps for some reason. The large back straps on most guns feel better in my hand. But when I shoot in the stance, I, I didn't feel anything that was, I, I, I don't remember thinking, oh, that felt bad. I remember everything feeling good. So if you're out there and you're worried about that, um, it's just one of those things where when you're talking about an eight plus one firearm, you kind of know going into it what it's going to probably feel like. So um, it is what it is. Um, yeah. it was, just real quick on that. Yeah, this yeah. is. Uh, comes with two interchangeable back straps. So similar to your full size pistols, you've got a, a kind of a small and a, and a large interchangeable back strap in there. The grip angles, 18 degrees. One of the big gun companies many, well, several years ago spent a couple hundred thousand dollars measuring people's hands and, and shootability and grip angles and bore axis and spent all this money. And they came up with 18 degrees. And it's pretty amazing that in 1911, John Browning figured that out without spending a nickel. And uh, so we went with uh, the, that 18 degree grip angle. It just points well. It, it, you pick yeah. it up, it, it, uh, that uh, bore axis is low. Sights are, are level whenever you bring the gun up to where you need it. Yeah, some companies seem to like the 20 or 21 degree grip angle. A lot of people don't like it. Matter of fact, I think Clover had someone on a podcast a, a week or so ago and actual grip, which usually doesn't come up in podcasts, but grip angle actually was a question that came up about a firearm. So there are people that are looking for that 18 degree that might be the 1911 fan that may not be a Glock fan with their 20, 21 degree grip angles or whatever. So the interesting thing is, is you guys actually thought about grip angle Absolutely. which a lot of people don't so i know clover you had a question about grip angle which i thought was i don't you don't hear that question come up very often you know yeah 
I don't even know the the. I'm, Hit a YouTube video, I guess, to figure out. I don't even know how you measure with measure grip angle outside of CAD software and all that. Is it from the yeah. trigger guard to the grip, the front of the center grip, line, I guess? Or? Center line oh, of magazine line. Of, or grip and center line of bore, and it's that angle there. Okay. Swing it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's a good question because I actually hadn't. I mean, I've never so really a ninety. So a 90 degree is zero. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, that'd be zero, yeah. Yeah. technically yeah. and then technically. 18 means it kicks out okay i got you yep yep the other thing real quick on stance uh for a yeah. combat concealed carry gun you've got ambidextrous controls so right and left hand um magazine release and slide stop levers not that you're going to use that to you know let that slide go forward typically but they are there so it's all ambi controls absolutely uh there's a couple questions up here some of them are funny so just bear with me a little bit uh first of all calaveras was like the thing that there's a chance being in california he's like so they say there's a chance there is a chance that you might see the stance uh, eventually in california which is a great thing um <laughs> now g23 out there being a glock 23 fan you might suspect this but wants to know if it's going to be available in 40 or 10 millimeter down the road <laughs> or any handguns i don't, I don't know if you can answer that right now or not but i thought i'd throw it out there well not this gun <laughs> let's right. not let's not go there not this gun you know we're although, I, although a 10 millimeter in this in the frame size of the stance would be interesting <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised nobody has asked about 30 super carry well, that's I was going to do that. Yeah, that's an interesting caliber, and uh, you know, we we were uh, brothers with with the federal guys uh, as part of Vista, and um, it's it's interesting. It's interesting caliber. Uh, recoil's pretty good. I have personally have not shot it, but it it may be something that we look at. Right, uh, our good our good buddy out there, Midnight Range TM. He's a chef up in the Northeast. Great guy. Uh, great sense of humor. He says, where do we put our address in for the free sample of the stance? Uh, I'm going to say to email it to shooting left of center at gmail.com. I think Yankee can handle that for you. So, uh, yeah, he's being funny out there. Um, let's see here. There's something else that I saw that I wanted to. Um, yeah, G23 was like, hey, you read my mind. Apparently, he was going to be one of the people that asked about grip angle. I don't know where the whole grip angle discussion started getting heated up again. I think it's hilarious, but it is something that's out there, apparently. Yeah, um, it is. Let's see here. And I put the link out there to you guys. And I think we're caught up. Um, so Dennis, Dennis Hafer, I'm, I'm sorry if I butchered the last name, Dennis Hafer wants to know, once again, we've gone down this rabbit hole of grip angle, but he wants to know would 21 or 23 degree give you more control of the muzzle going up when firing. You can see technically there are benefits of every angle. Ultimately, it comes down to not necessarily being muzzle control is not necessarily the end-all, be-all in grip angle. It's making sure that you're actually in a good position to, when you're sighted in, 
And Rob, you can kind of explain this a bit more, but my idea of grip angle is not recoil management. It's more of making sure that everything's in line, proper line for your sight alignment and all that to get a quality accurate shot off. Is that, is that more or less what the grip angle is for? Yeah, it is. And what you'll see is, is with those steeper grip angles, you'll see, I don't know if you can see this in video, but you'll see people, especially when you, you ask them to close their eyes, put the gun in their hand, bring it forward. You'll see those steeper grip angles, roll their wrists forward and down uh, because that front sight sits higher. Uh, an 18 degree, ang- degree grip angle is a little bit more natural point of aim uh, than, than those steeper angles. But I, muzzle control, there's, there's so much uh, a recoil control, so much that goes into that from from ammunition and barrel length and and hand size and structure and and arm strengths and physical strength exactly physical, I mean, it's yeah. what it is you know it is yeah I, I think probably for me and clover you can feel like you can just jump on in here because you you talk about this a lot with your stuff but for me barrel length you know obviously a, a five inch barrel that might be on a heavier gun is going to have right. better muzzle and recoil control than a four inch barrel that's not that's not what it's there for so yeah. oh, and, go ahead yeah. an optimal grip angle according to weight as well okay. right because if you've got sure. a lot of, of weight in out on the muzzle end longer barrel or something like that you know a little bit different grip angle could help that line up a little bit better um you know but then you look at a lot of the competition uh, especially precision competitions look at some of the crazy grip angles you got because of the really deep cuts in them right yeah uh, and that's for the palm swell. That's for all of that. And that's for, you know, again, that's for that style of a of a handgun or whatever. And the the positions, right? The no pun intended. The stance you're using and the that's position the and everything. Swell. That's for all of that. And that's for whoa, you know, whoa. Sorry, I got a little feedback on the YouTube side. Apparently, sorry. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah, he must have gone on mute. No, that's it. No, but he—that he's on my side. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Rob. No, I was—I was just gonna reiterate that that you know there's there's some other custom guns for uh, 22 you know pistols that have those big huge cuts and the grip angle steeper than 22, but it's it's how you shoot the gun and and the stance that you that you use to to compete in that uh, in that realm. Yeah, there, there's so many variables, and I think that it's a great question. Don't get me wrong out there, Dennis. Um, you know, especially for someone that might be listening to this that are completely new, they might not even know there's different grip angles and what causes certain things to happen when you fire a gun. They just think everything's the same. So uh, great question. But, yeah, there are so many variables that are going to help Um you know, there's a lot that all this gun doesn't cycle all the way. Well, if you're limp wristing it, it has nothing to do with the gun. I mean, there's so many things that go yeah. into the operation and functionality of a firearm that isn't just grip angles and all of that. There's so many things that we could go on for hours, which we're not going to do. Um, I do think this is a pretty funny one. Uh, Guns and Barbecue out there says, I feel like we're going to ask Savage to make a big gun. And then perhaps a revolver in 300 Savage, please. <laughs> Can you imagine well, that? No, I think Clover would like that, I think. Yeah, bring it. Yeah. <laughs> we did launch two handguns recently. So you see stance here and all the, it's nine millimeter and all the different configurations. We also launched the 110 PCS 
which is a 110 pistol chassis system. So it's a 10 and a half inch uh, bolt action pistol in an MDT chassis, left hand bolt, right hand eject. So you don't know if it's a hunting gun, but you don't have to take your hand off the grip to manipulate the bolt. Uh, so we did launch a, you know, not in 300 Savage, but we did do it in uh, in Blackout. There you go. Um, and yes, I've just, got it up there. I've got this. So that's that's a really that's a really sharp looking pistol. Oh, it's there. cool. Yeah, we that put a little awesome. bipod on that. We were dinging steel at 900 yards with a 10 and a half inch barrel. It was oh, it was wow. crazy. That's so, awesome. So for those that may do some Google foo or whatever, or or may remember seeing Savage on an old school, we're talking later part of the 1800s revolver that is a different savage by the way not yeah. the same savage so just want to throw that out there since we're talking revolver yep, yep. uh roll call says just stopped in will it come with night sights are they changeable and so he wasn't here i was when we were talking about yes uh I'll, I'll put the link out there again um Glock 43 yeah. style site, so that you can change them to any any Glock 43 site, and uh, we're building guns with True Glow night sights. Yeah, so they're going to come with True Glow night sights. There is the Viridian laser if you are interested in the laser. Uh, there's a lot of different SKUs out there, real call. Uh, on that link I just put out there in the chat, a lot of different SKUs, a lot of different models of the stance with or without night sights, with or without laser all of that stuff, multiple uh, color configurations as well. So absolutely. Hey, Trey, uh, question for yeah. you. Uh, yeah, you sure. shot the stance uh, yeah. range day. One of the, the comments that we, we've we gotten uh, through consumers that have shot the gun is that stippling uh, that we've put 360 degrees around the grip. It's, it's robust. It's not too much in my opinion, but what did you think yeah. of that? I actually liked it. Um, I, I really did. I remember asking the, and I don't remember his name. I have, I have, I have to probably have a business card at work. Um, I remember asking him the design of the stippling kind of looks like a football. Uh, I don't know if you've gotten that um, response before, but I, when I first, before I held it, I looked at it, and said, it looks like football lacing, you know? And I was like, that's oh. interesting. <laughs> um, I was like, that's, that's, that's interesting. But no, when I, when I picked it up, I, I do remember it being a, a fairly strong sibling, but I personally like, I don't like too aggressive, but I like, I, I usually put talon grips on a lot of my handguns because I like that it actually a little bit more aggressive than what's on it. So I liked it personally, um, yeah. but it wasn't anything that's going to, you know, going to hurt or cut or anything like that. I like an aggressive stippling. So it felt great to me. The only question I had, the guy just, it was pure aesthetics. And I was like, Hey, that kind of looks like football lacing. And the guy was like, yeah, I have no idea. You know, <laughs> I cut him off guard maybe. Um, yeah. But no, I, I like the feel of it a lot. And like I said, for my hands, um, I enjoyed shooting it. I, he let me shoot a couple mags through it. And um, yeah, I probably got maybe 12 shots through it. 12, 14 shots, something like that. Um, I loved it. Uh, I, I really felt good to me, but I, I'm a big CCW gun guy. So um, I'm not the, I'm not a big full size. If I had a choice of a four inch or a five inch gun, I'm going four inch. That's just how I'm, I like the way they feel. I like the way they shoot uh, in general. So no, I, I love the feel of it. And, and, and it was one of those things. I was one of those, by the way, Rob, that thought this was your first handgun. I was uh, corrected at Rainstay says, well, it's been a hundred years. 
I think it was like 1920 or 21. I mean, it was like, it's been a hundred years, but, um, but we actually did. So I was one of those people that wasn't uh, aware that you guys had handguns in the past. Yeah, we, it was, uh, there were six, uh, six different companies that submitted product for the U S army back in the early 1900s. Uh, the finalists were Colt and Savage and yeah. Colt ended up, uh, winning that contract and and there goes the 1911 but uh yeah yeah if you're you're gonna lose out to something okay you know (laughs) it's won a couple wars (laughs) so this is our re-entry into handguns not a not an entry yeah and i i wasn't aware of that Uh, i know clover was aware of that because he he actually corrected me um at range day as well he was actually they had one about 100 years ago i was like oh i didn't know that you know 1905 and introduced in 1907 as the model 1907 1907 yeah mine's in in 32 acp and still a pretty decent shooting little handgun for yeah what it is no that could be something hey just throwing it out there Uh, a a reboot of the 1907 uh design Uh, with modern technology now i think if people want the 1907 it's what it is yeah Yeah. maybe maybe if you did the 1907 and 30 super carry maybe <laughs> there you yeah, go. Can, but but I no, see. I don't think I don't think anybody would as it's not aesthetically pleased. For me, I'm into that sort of thing, right? And so yeah. to me it's it's awesome. But yeah, you want to talk about grip angle, there ain't none, right? It's no. a thing near 90 degree. It's it's yeah. there's no stippling, there's no beauty. There it's just you know, there's just a barrel hanging out the front. It's not there's no beauty to it at all, except for in the history. That's where the beauty yeah. comes into play. Yeah, I can just see walking into a gun dealer and let me see your nine millimeter concealed carry handguns. And here's this sea of black and flat, dark earth and stainless barrels. And here's this new, it's new. It's new, but it's not. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I bet you people would start talking about it, though. Uh-huh. There would be some discussions on it for sure. Uh, our good buddy TJ out there, he uh, he writes with Clover and I uh, as well, but he writes for Gear Report. And he said that he liked the feeling. He, now, remember, now, TJ's like 6'4", big dude, big basketball player and all that. And for someone that's not 5'8", um, he says he liked it as well, uh, small and grippy. So for someone that's 6'3", 6'4", obviously, you, you're running between a 5'8", and 6'4", guy, and they're both saying it felt pretty good. You've probably done something right. Yeah, we, we worked hard on that stippling and, and really – looked at every touch point where your hand's going to interact with the gun and made sure there was some purchase there. And uh, it really helps with that follow-up shot and, and multiple shots. So that gun's not bouncing around, moving in your hand. Yeah. I I'm one of the people now I, I I'll shoot it when competition shooting, I'll shoot from reset for obvious reasons for the defensive situation. It's what you're probably not even going to be thinking about shooting from reset, but I remember the reset being very loud and audible. Uh, which I like. I like an audible reset on a trigger. Whether you use it or not, it's there. So uh, for someone that looks for that kind of weird thing in guns, uh, it, it passed. It checked all the boxes for me Good. as well. Like yeah, it's about a seven, seven and a half pound trigger pull on uh, on this. And, uh, you know, it is a concealed carry gun, mm-hmm. not necessarily a target gun. So, you know, it's, uh, it's not going to have a three and a half pound, you know, lightweight, trigger pull on it but it's also not a 12 pound on a j frame revolver either yeah or 
a 12 pound on some semi-automatics that I've had my hands on, which is kind of scary as well. Um, so there's that just saying, just saying, yeah. uh, it, it's, it is everything about it felt good. And once again, you said you went through, you know, well over 2000 rounds at range day without a single malfunction. Uh, and on top of that, people don't realize you're in a desert where it's windy. There's a lot of dust, a lot of dirt flying around, which could very easily cause very easy cause a malfunction at range day. Um, so I, I, I never had any problem, obviously, but, um, no, I never heard of anyone it, having any problems either. To me, it wasn't so much the round count. I mean, that was, that was interesting. It was purely the number of shooters. Yeah. And literally, we, yeah. Yeah. A little over 200 shooters and no joke. We had a number of shooters, at least a dozen come through that had never shot a handgun before. So we yeah. started for, and, you know, this is media day and I don't know what they're doing there, but there you go. That's, that's the world we live in at shot show these days. But, yeah. um, uh, you know, we're, we're instructing people on how to hold grip, manipulate, load everything from start to finish there at range day. And to have that many people shoot the gun without a malfunction was, was really, really interesting and, and cool all by itself. So we had a poll going through the show out there on the YouTube side, a live poll. And I asked to simply ask what Savage product interests you the most? Your choices were the stance, the impulse, impulse or the renegade. And probably no surprise to you, 46% said the stance, 35% said the impulse, 17 uh, said the renegade. And I know that we touched on the renegade very briefly, but before we get out of here, I don't want to keep you too long because you're on the East Coast, but um, before we get out of here, maybe I think Clover might even actually have some, you know, he's probably more of the shotgun guy than I am. He'd probably ask you better questions, but do you want to touch on the renegade real quick as well? Sure, sure. So I mentioned in the in the beginning that, you know, prior to uh, our departure from Vista Outdoors, we participated in less than 40% of the market. You know, there's three and a half billion dollars in normal market conditions on the handgun side. There's a big chunk on the on the semi-auto shotgun side. Uh, very, very few U.S. guns built. I, I think there's probably two of them today, especially on the semi-auto side. And so, uh, you know, we looked at that as a, a uh, market segment that we didn't participate in that was highly competitive. There's some Italians, there's a bunch of Turkish guns, uh, but this is a U.S. made shotgun built in Westfield, Massachusetts, number of different configurations. It's got our Accu fit system. So it comes with length of pull and comb adjustments there. You can see in the back uh, it, you know, of course I work for Savage and, and, and I love this gun. It is without a doubt, in my opinion, the softest shooting 12 gauge out there. Not the lightest either, but uh, it it really shoots nice. I, I shot it last year, this time of year, uh, maybe a couple of weeks back last year on a snow goose hunt, um, mm. just hammering snow geese. Uh, we fluted the barrel. So it's the only production shotgun that's got a fluted barrel, really helps the gun swing nicely from shot to shot. Helps in uh, in cooling also when you're hammering snow geese. Uh, the extra surface area helps cool the barrel down a little bit. But uh, just a really nice, well-built, solid gas gun. Hard chrome internals, melanite coated, and then, of course, we're doing the camo uh, yeah. for waterfowl and turkey. Absolutely. Yeah, you got waterfowl, you got a lot of turkey ones. You got some security or law enforcement type stuff. Uh, the prairie, that's a, that's a really good looking one. 
the field. This competition one, though, that's sick. That is a really attractive uh, shotgun. Coming from a guy who has shotguns and all that, but is not really a shotgun guy, um, really attractive shotguns. There are people out there that will buy guns purely on aesthetics, and you are giving them many, many opportunities to like different things. Uh, I'm going to kind of turn this over to Clover for a few seconds. Do you have any one or two questions about... You would probably know what better question to ask about shotguns than I would. So do you have anything on that that you would like? Yeah, I mean, with the with the different ones there, I mean, you, you obviously you cover the spectrum, same, you know, same action, same basic design, which is, that's, of course, common. Um, as far as accessories included in the box to properly fit those, are there, sure. is there anything like that going on? Yeah, it's got multiple comb height adjustments and length of pull adjustments in the box. Also some uh, camber and cast for left, right, uh, where that buttstock meets the back of the receiver. So you can adjust it one way or another for, you know, if you're shooting traps, those types of disciplines. Right. Cool. Uh, Goes and Barbecue said that he got dominioned on his vote. Uh, (laughs) Some of his favorites are some of the Savage Doubles. so he he likes the uh, I think he's gonna like uh, well there's a lot of stuff that your people are gonna like from Savage they always do but I think it's awesome that uh, the handguns coming back in I think that's gonna open some doors into markets that you guys haven't seen in a while the upgrading the impulse to the straight pull that's something that's not new again but newer to the market that a lot of people aren't aren't going with and obviously the shotguns and a lot of people mentioned out there they're, they're it's nice to hear. Um, and when we talk about this a lot, some of the best shotguns in the world, let's they come from Turkey. Let's there's a lot of really good shotguns coming from Turkey, but I think a lot of people in the US, especially in the last few years, all that's going on are really happy to hear that there is still companies out there that that treasure made in the USA. So um yeah. that's I think that's gonna be a big one as now, well. Since we're so before we close out the shotguns, yeah, three twenty, I mean the 320s are still in production, right? Because that's a very popular pump shotgun. Yeah, so we make the 320. So just from a branding standpoint, if you if you look at Savage, we have a facility that we make uh, Savage firearms in Westfield, Massachusetts, and in Lakefield, Ontario, up in Canada. Rimfire oh, okay. are made in, in Canada. So North America is Savage. If it is an imported product and we import Turkish shotguns, we import the 320 shotgun, it's a Stevens product. There's no, that's a definitive line between between the two brands. Uh, we make some price point, we import some price point shotguns, home defense, things like that. They work really well. Uh, they're, they're cost effective, but they are made overseas. That's... Uh, we'll, well, that plays right into right into the question that I had. I put it out there in the private chat. I was like, before we get done, yeah. I got a company question. <laughs> and my company was, Stevens and Savage for many, many years have been synonymous and interchangeable. And I was curious if you could explain to people the relationship, and what, which you partially did there. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's one company, uh, two different brands. Uh, and and we draw that line uh you won't ever see a stevens product that's made in the u.s and you won't ever see a savage product that's made overseas cool awesome um 
if there's no more questions, if you guys have any quick questions right now is the time to get them in. We're going to uh, start closing this down here in a minute. While maybe they're asking some questions, I do want to give Rob, I want to give you a couple minutes to maybe talk about uh, where people can find you. I want to put the links out there. Obviously, you can find their social media on their website, savagearms.com. I think you have a presence on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all of that. You can guys can find those links. But while Rob's talking about anything else you want to touch on or talk about where people can find you or anything like that, I'm going to give you a few minutes to kind of do that while maybe some last minute questions come in. Sure, sure. So we're on all those social media platforms as we sit today. Who knows where we'll be allowed to be in the future? Uh, we're working through some of that. Uh, SavageArms.com is the website. It's going to become more and more important for us as social media uh, goes to the to the left hand side of the political spectrum. And so SavageArms.com. We have a monthly newsletter. You can sign up on the website. Uh, that'll email directly to you tons of video, tons of education, not necessarily around Savage on the website in terms of fit and uh, how to fit properly fit a bolt action rifle to yourself. A lot of people don't think about that, but that's one thing that makes that AccuFit uh, really special is that it will make you more accurate. And so we're really trying to uh, provide more service than just sell on our website. So there's a lot of information, uh, not necessarily revolving around Savage. You know, there's a question that came up here. I want to bring up here. It's not a question that usually gets asked. Um, mandatory carry says, if someone had a product idea, where would they send it? Do you guys ever get people sending ideas about different things? Every day, every day. Okay. And, and honestly, um, it uh, there's things that we build today or improvements that we've made that are solely because of the that input. And so on the website, down there's a contact us there's a little form you can fill submit ideas and that goes straight uh, straight into our sales support staff filters through goes to product managers and and they start to to look at all of that i love the idea that not only do you have a contact us everyone's got to contact us but you've actually got a form for people to send in ideas uh that's that's pretty cool because a lot of companies are going to say hey We've got our own ideas. Not saying they don't value, but they've got so many things they're working on three years down the line. But it's nice to hear that companies are still saying, hey, if there's something you think could make a product that we have better or something like that, let's hear it. Um, that's pretty cool. I like that. I like that a Absolutely. lot. Absolutely. And and there's, you know, there's products that we make today that we didn't design that, you know, there's yeah. other designers that have come up with this or that. And uh, you've got to be open and, and willing to look at all possibilities to to be successful long term. Absolutely. Clove, do you have anything else out there or from you that uh, we need to get asked before we get out of here? Yeah, I mean, before we get out of here, I, I want to, you know, I want to obviously tell Rob, thanks for, for coming on. And I also want to say thanks for, for something that we, we haven't talked about, um, which is rimfire related. Um, the Mark 1, Mark 2 stuff, uh, I've got a, a couple of decades in youth shooting sports i've seen the mark one mark two stuff walk into a competition and wipe the floor with on shoots rifles um for the price point for what you get for the accuracy that those have um an amazing absolutely amazing product uh entry level into small bore precision matches and stuff like that that's usually my number one go-to recommendation without a doubt and 
light rifle matches, uh, Rimfire light rifle to an, to an extent. Um, and then the second thing for that, since we are talking youth shooting sports, is the Rascals. Um, oh, there yes. are There are other small rifles out there, um, but I absolutely 100% recommend the Rascal for any very small frame child that's out there that you want to get into shooting. Uh, if for no other reason, they can... First of all, I've seen them hold their own in matches too, believe it or not. <laughs> um, which you, you wouldn't think that as small as the barrel is and everything else. But, um, you know, the articulation and manipulation of the bolt, of the controls, of the safety, of the trigger, of, you know, everything else, unlike a lot of the other smaller frame rifles, are identical to a larger hunting rifle when that kid gets older 13 14 15 years old whatever the case may be they're used to the bolt articulation that is exactly the same they're used to that safety being in a recognizable spot um and i think that's i think that's very important from a youth shooting sports standpoint yeah absolutely the the rascal is is kind of that gateway product into becoming a savage you know fan or a savage owner as as people get older and it, they do shoot. We we build a tactical version of that rascal. I don't know if you've seen it. That's kind of got a you know a fiberglass oh, yeah. looking stock and a bi comes with a bipod and a little four power scope. And you know we we see get pictures on social media of dad with his elite precision yeah. PRS gun <laughs> and his six year old son with that rascal tactical right next to him. You know shooting off the bench and and it's really cool. Uh, we do we do a lot for you shooting sports. Uh, we do a lot with the boy scouts with those single shot Mark ones and, and then the Mark twos and, and support a, a lot of those youth trap shooting is, is growing. And, uh, we just launched a 555 trap gun cost effective single barrel trap gun solely because of the growth in the youth trap trap leagues around the country. So it's, it's an important part of, of what we do and who we are. So a bunch of people out there that are saying, I want to bring up Richard. He says, enjoyed tonight's cast. Thank you very much. Yeah, great, great, great conversation and all of that. Uh, we asked a lot of our people uh, that come on the show a couple questions just to kind of have fun with them. And one of them is one we ask everybody, and it's a weird one. But in your opinion, is a hot dog a sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> This goes back dog. years, and it's just one of those inner, inner jokes that a lot of our people in our, in our crew run with, but it is a fun one to ask sometimes. Yeah, I, I think a hot dog stands on its own. It, it really, Thank there's you. no, I'm not aware of any sandwich eating competitions on Memorial Day or whatever it is that, you know, they stuff and drink the water out in Long Island or whatever. So, it's a hot I think dog it, eating contest. Yeah. See, I haven't heard that argument, but I'm going to use that because that is a great one um but yeah so that's always a fun one rob thank you so much for coming in uh answered a lot of great questions thanks to the chat out there great questions as well uh, obviously thanks as always to clover for running behind the scenes for me uh if you're out there in replay or listening in podcast form over on spotify or iheart or apple or wherever you're listening the conversation doesn't have to end if you have questions Go ahead and put comments down below. We will make sure that we get those questions to the appropriate people over at Savage and try to get an answer for you and all of that. 
Once again, if you have any direct questions that you want answered from Savage, the website's out there. It's also going to be uh, everywhere, savagearms.com. They do have a contact uh, contact us form. More importantly, as we found out, thanks to Mandatory Carry, if you happen to have any uh, design ideas or whatever, there is a form to fill out for to send those to, uh, ideas to their designers. So that's, I think is great. Uh, one quick question. What do you, what do you guys feel about 50 being useful or waste? What do you think about the 50 BMG? I'm assuming what you're talking about the BMG. It's an awful lot of fun to shoot. Uh, you know, there's, <laughs> there's not many, there's not many affordable, awful lot of fun uh, to shoot. Yeah, yeah. Not many affordable, uh, platforms out there. Uh, so, you know, it's something we've talked about and looked at and, you know, uh, I, probably would have been a little further along in that uh, conversation if it wasn't for the, you know, 2020 surge that we've all been dealing yeah. with. I, I love shooting a 50. You got to shoot it quite yeah. a bit in the Marine Corps, but I prefer a 3.3 Lapua. Uh, 300 Win Mag is going to get yeah. the job done as well, uh, but you guys have 3.3 Lapua and all that. So I love the 50. I know Clover has a 50. Enjoy oh, yeah. shooting it, but once again, at what point do you need the 50, you know? That dog needs a lot of room to run. You know, that's the thing. <laughs> Birds will really be fun. I mean, can you shoot oh, you you're know, right. five-gallon yeah. buckets of water at 500 yards and giggle? I mean, yeah, but, I mean, if you're able to hit them at 12 or 1,500, it's even, you know, it's even better. So, uh, and, I, you know, I live in a really rural area, and getting that kind of space to let it run is, is difficult mm -hmm. sometimes. Yeah, there's only a couple places half a dozen east of the Mississippi that, you know, that has that kind of distance to, to go have some fun with it. So Absolutely. yeah, we'll see, you know, it's something to, to think about on, put up on our product board for, for future. I I'm fine with three, three Lapua. So I'm just saying, yeah. I, I'm a big yeah. fan. Of we make that, we make, we yes, make those do. and they, they <laughs> flat shoot. They do shoot. Yeah, Marcus out there says, hey, he had his hands on a Savage 300 Win Mag tonight and absolutely loved it. So that there you go. Uh, and, and I want to do before we go, I want to say something that you mentioned in passing, but I, I don't think it gets mentioned enough. And I appreciate what you said. You said cost effective. And I think so many people think of lower price as being cheap, but not just monetarily cheap, but cheaply made. And that is by far not the case, at least in Savage's case, cost effective because you're, you're still getting quality. You're probably actually getting the best quality versus value out there in their products. But a lot of people translate cost versus quality, and that's not necessarily the case. So no. I love how you said it's cost effective. So, yeah, yeah. anything Accur else accuracy per, we say accuracy per dollar Absolutely. is a good way to look at it on the Perfect. rifle side, at least. Absolutely. Rob, thank you so much for coming in. If you have anything else uh, before we get out of here, then go ahead and speak your piece. If not, we will uh, start sweeping the floor. Yeah, I appreciate the time, and uh, thanks, everybody, for joining. Absolutely. Thank you guys for watching, especially the live audience. It was great. Thank you for the questions. Great comments and out there. Go check out savagearms.com. Uh, check out all their products. More importantly, if you're interested in their YouTube or Instagram feeds, Go follow, like the Facebook and all of that. Subscribe to them and all of that. Oh, okay. We do have one question, and this actually is a question I think might be helpful. What's the difference in the 110 and 11? So everything to 
I don't know. <laughs> yeah, okay. there, there you if you go back through the history of Savage, there's 16s and 12s and 112s yeah. and 111s and ladies. And and so about five years ago, we just said, you know, this is too confusing for us. There you go. So it's 110 yeah. and we make a, a 110 Storm. We make a 110 Hunter or 110 High Country. These were other model numbers previously. Right. Right. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. it's, they're very, very similar, built on the same machinery. It's just, you know, it's either fit fin or finish or uh, uh, material between a 110 and 11. Perfect. So there you go, guys. Once again, thank you so much for watching. If you're watching and replay or listening in podcast form, bless you. Um, uh, an hour, 19 minutes into this. I appreciate you guys doing this. Uh, thanks to Clover. I think Clover might have probably hit a button by mistake. He jumped out by mistake. I'm sure he'll be right back. But thank you so much for watching and listening. We'll catch you soon. Next week, uh, I think that we are going to be having uh, Lionheart possibly come in. We had a cancellation. I think Lionheart Arms might take that one. And then the week after that, we'll have Global Ordinance. We've got a couple cool weeks of other people coming in. But thank you so much to Rob. Thank you so much to Savage for coming on. Uh, love Savage as a company, and it was nice to have you guys on. More importantly, guys, go check out their products, and uh, if you buy something, let them know that you heard about them through our podcast. We'll see you soon, guys. Simplify.